Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. We are live on the OBR stream over at Twitch and on YouTube. Good evening to the greatest chat in the land. Fumble, Red Leader, see you guys in there. Uh, as everybody files in here tonight on a Thursday evening, uh, it's a getaway Thursday for me. No show on Tuesday, moved to Thursday, going out of town tomorrow, uh, celebrate some stuff with the family. So uh, it's a get get out of town uh, uh, for uh, for me uh, tomorrow morning. And... Uh, yeah, so this off-season period, as mentioning in the chat, uh, as usual, and things are, you know, a bit slow right now. Uh, yes, Mr. Robinson, let let's go, baby, go Browns. I agree. Uh, let's let's go uh, to our hotline and bring in the one and only Josh Keatley, former running back at Valparaiso, and now writer for. Uh, the Buckeyes Wire. What is up, Joshua? Nothing much, man. Thanks for having me on. Just uh, I just got done placing my CFL bets this week before I got on. So oh with, oh oh, did you now? Uh, who did you? Last week, bro. So are you are you betting on the USFL as well? Yep, I went four and zero in the USFL and. Four and in the CFL last week. Now that's not that's not my normal, but yeah, it was good. It was a good week for my my wallet last week. Spring football is uh, yeah. So one of my favorite gambling shows, also of the Blue Wire Network, uh, the sports gambling podcast, uh, was well, talking yeah. about their USFL picks, and uh, so they like the Maulers. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I'm actually I've. Colby Dan is a, is a, is a friend of mine. He's he's an absolute oh, spring. You know Colby, okay? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's 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 one of the goats. Uh, you know he's he's rarely wrong. Pitt, they got a great defense. They got a, a yeah. really really good defense. You know, it's hard to. Michigan looked really good last week, so it's hard to bet against them. I don't even know what the spread is for that game. To be honest with you, the beautiful thing about spring football is. You can honestly bet it the same day or the day before, and the spread doesn't change that much. I think that's why yeah. I'm so much better at it than college football or the NFL because everybody bets on those games, so the spread changes. You know, if you think the Browns, if the Browns are getting three points, every Cleveland fan in the world might be looking at that game. All of a sudden, you go back on a Friday, and now they're only getting one point. That's a big difference, right? You know what I mean? So the spring football is a little different. Like, you know, I could screw around, and sprinkle some money the day of if I'm feeling frisky. Yeah, Big Josh is back, uh, says Keith. Absolutely. Josh is, uh, you know, my favorite. I will always have Josh on, uh, so don't worry. He's not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we've got some things to, to talk about here tonight. Um, despite the, you know, the dog days of the offseason here, uh, NBA draft tonight. Uh, so, 
Uh, other sports taking front stage, the, the, Gar- the Gardos have ripped off like seven in a row or something like that. Not, maybe not seven in a row. I don't know how many. They they swept the uh, the Oakland A's, soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. What do you think about uh, that poor city losing all their sports teams to Las Vegas? Four in a row, says Fumble. The what? Uh, I'm sorry, you're out there. The, they're moving to Las Vegas. Um, the A's are. So Oakland oh. will have lost all of their sports teams. So the Raiders are in Vegas. Uh, no. The Las Vegas Knights win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and then now, you know, Oakland losing, you know, first the Warriors moved across the bridge to San Francisco, right? Because they used to be in Oakland, and now they're in San Francisco, which, you know, they're still fans. I used to live in the Bay Area for like two years, so uh, it's not, it's all one big area, but uh, they do lose the A's now to Las Vegas, and, uh, you know, we lost a football team. I can't help but feel for the fans. I mean, it's not like Las... I, I get that probably Raiders fans are still Raiders fans. NFL is kind of a different world that way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But um, what do you think? I mean, do you think Raiders fans are still Raiders fans now that they're in Vegas? I think most of them are. I think that that's close enough to – it also helps that they move to, like, a vacation spot. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're still – I don't know. The Brown – we you know, there's nothing really here in the Midwest that's going to equate to that. But if you're a Raiders fan and they move out to Las Vegas – you know, it's a $50 flight or $100 flight or whatever. You can go have a killer weekend out there. I think that's why you're seeing these teams move out to Vegas is because, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of my friends who are Browns and Bengals fans, like they're, if they play in Vegas, they're going like, that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, they, they, the flight, same thing when they had the, all those basketball tournaments and out there, it's, it's a vacation spot. It's a cheap, easy way to see your team at a cool place. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Great point by Redley. Like we didn't become Ravens fans. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? Now they did change the name and the brand and everything, so that little bit a lot different actually. But uh, yeah, well, who were you a fan just, of? Though? Huh? Who were you a fan of during that era? Fucking nobody, man. Fucking <laughs> nobody. I'm just. I would. I. I. I bet there were a few guys that were still. I was a fan of the people. Indians and the Cavs and waited for them to come back. I was. I did you, not. You still had Matt. It was Matt Stover went over there. Was it Michael Jackson? Was it with the Ravens? I mean, there were a lot of old Browns guys that I remember watching. Or it was a Keenan Mark McCardell. There was a couple guys I remember watching, and they went over to the Ravens. It was like, wow, well, I got no one else to watch. I guess so. So I would be surprised. I bet there are a few Browns guys that you know were wa- were watching the Ravens, wishing it was still oh. there. Still watching them, yeah, but I mean, I, I could not, I can't Steve root Everett. for them, Steve Everett, yeah. So, uh, interesting that they're doing that to Oakland, though. Poor Oakland, I mean, <laughs> they've taken everything from them, they've stripped them of everything, um, for sure. So, uh, let's, uh, talk about our first topic here tonight, Josh. You played running back. Uh, oh, yeah. at Valparaiso. Now, is Valparaiso the Beacons? They were not when I was there. They what were, the were they when you were there? 
they were the Crusaders, and that we had that we had the knight that had the sword. And then when I was when I was my senior year, they took away the sword, so the dude just had a shield. And then they became the Beacons like two years ago. Why? I believe that Crusaders was offensive because. It, Are you kidding me? It's something about you know the great the Crusade cancel or culture. Yeah, they took away the sword because they didn't want. They, I guess that that was viewed as something towards violence, and then it became the beacons. I don't know, man. Nothing's safe, dude. It's twenty twenty three, and nothing is safe. Um. Yeah, man. Nothing is. That's uh. No. That's crazy. So Crusaders now they're the beacons, but they're the Crusaders when you're there. Do Do you know we're Val? Are Valparaiso alumni upset with the change? The ones that I knew were. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that they were yeah. so mad that they changed from the Crusaders, but they changed to the Beacons. It was like, okay, I guess we'll be a, a light, a shining. Like, what is a beacon? You know, is that I mean? what like, that stands for? I guess I don't know. I mean, th that's one of the you know, a beacon I of guess. light. Is that what I that guess. stands for? For real? Yeah. You can, you can see eh. why, why the alumni was mad. <laughs> yes, you one hundred percent can. So uh, we want to talk about running back a little bit tonight. The NFL is going through, and I, I had a show, I, me and Jake went over this, but like the NFL is going through a weird time with the running backs, right? You've got Saquon Barkley holding out. You've got um, uh, Dalvin Cook on the open market. You've got Zeke Elliott on the, uh, on the market. You've got Kareem Hunt. You've got a bunch of other guys that are serviceable backs that are veterans, and nobody's paying for them. Nobody's going to give them what they want, really. Uh, you see Dalvin, who, you know, production-wise, has not didn't fall off. Now, you can find no. it in the his PFF grades fell, but uh, do you think Dalvin lost a step in watching him? I don't. I don't know if he's lost. He definitely hasn't lost a full step. To, to, if he's lost a half a step, okay, fine. I'll give you that argument, right? You know, there's been some bumps and bruises there, and not everything was looked pretty, but that's still a productive running back. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's you're comparing jerseys, but kind of, kind of like Adrian Pearson towards the end of his run, where it was like you could see the tunnel closing in, but I mean, he, there's still space there, dude. So, I, I you know, this. The same way with Zeke too. I, you know, Zeke got gets crapped on a lot, and that might be my bias a little bit. Be writing for Ohio State and watching him ever since you know he was at Missouri or he was in high school. But that's a guy who who played and he has a role, right? He can be a serviceable goal line back. He still ripped off some good runs. It's surprising to see him out there, you know, just just homeless basically, uh, you know. And then Der Derrick Henry. The rumor's been he's been on the trade block since you know, the draft and no one's biting. And I don't know if that's true or if that's not true, but either way, it's still surprising to me because that guy for a hundred percent sure has not lost a step in my eyes. That guy's the dude, that guy's a dog. I still think he's a top five running back. So it's really weird. The perception of, of some of these guys, Kareem Hunt, I'm not so shocked, you know, cause he comes with a little bit of baggage as well. Right. You know, it's hard to forget what he did off the field. So that's not so shocking, but some of those other guys, I'm, I'm completely bewildered by it. I can't believe that what Hunt did off the field still has any effect on his market. If I think it's all I think it's all about the Browns of coming out vocally stating that he lost a step. Do you believe that? I I think that you're I think that both things can be true. If you're cuz it has to play a role because it's hard to ignore, right? Because there's so many guys out there. If he was the only guy out there, no, I don't think it'd play a role. But those, all those dudes are in the same tier, right? 
Is he is he a yeah. tier above any of those guys? I don't think so. So that's the issue. If he was if he was no. by far and away the best running back of that group, no, I don't think it plays a role at all. But I don't think he is. So I think that you know that might sway me if I'm in charge. Yeah, so there's some teams rumored to be in on Hunt. I guess uh, the Commanders or whatever they're going to be called because they're changing their name again or whatever. So uh, are in on on Hunt uh, or or kicking the tires on Hunt. Um, the one that what's that? But they've called everybody. That's that's the yeah. thing about those rumors. Every day. Hey, this person's calling this person, or that person's calling this person. They're calling all of them, so it's it's just kind of weird because there doesn't feel like I don't. It, 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 it's like the exact opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. It's like it feels like that dude is being suited to, and like people are trying to win him over. But it feels like people are just inviting these running backs in to see if they can still move, and then they're making the call. Like you know what I mean? Like they're inviting yeah. DeAndre Hopkins into their house. They're locking the door for Zeke Elliott. Like ah, oh, we're just gonna look at you through the window. It's just kind of weird how that's working. It is. Uh, it, it's a shame what's happening to the running backs because you've got your Pacheco story. You've got like the last seven, eight Super Bowls. None of those teams had a running back that, you know, whatever. Philly let Miles Sanders walk. You're seeing this more and more. This is going to be the trend, right? And then like, so like it seems are going to draft a guy they're still valuable to the extent that you can draft them and even sometimes more valuable to take them in the first round because you get that fifth year and you don't have to worry about a franchise tag or whatever run them into the ground and then let them out and yeah. and that's just going to be the way of the nfl uh and the more things change towards passing and we're seeing it happen with the browns here this year which is kind of what this is leading me to but let's talk about saquon real quick because this is a tricky one because saquon's legit one of the best backs in the in the game right and so, yeah. And, yeah and he oh lost you there and he um is holding out right now he got He's not hasn't signed anything, but they gave him the franchise tag at uh, ten point. I have it written down ten point nine million dollars. He could sign right to play on the franchise tag. Listen, what I don't. That's not that far off of the best running backs in the game's deal. Like, okay, I know it's not huge money, and I know, but like, you only get so many paydays in the NFL. Now he wants more. He wants a long-term deal. The, the rumors are he passed on a deal that gave him up to fourteen. What that actual number was guaranteed or whatever, I'm not sure. But up to fourteen with incentives, he passed on that. I feel like he's making a mistake here. Uh, I I don't not even the franchise tag, but like if they offered you a deal for a, a similar deal to what Chubb and and, and and Henry got almost identical deals, right? Uh, 12.2 APY. Um, and uh, with an out after the third season, right? And this is what were the, yeah, the third, a semi out and then a hard out after the third season. I think that's right. Uh, and we, that's what we're looking at with Chubb here, right? So he is going to play this year, right? The offense has changed. We're supposed to see a lot more passing. Um, all this stuff, you know, the the Giants paid Dan Jones. 
uh, you know, to be their quarterback, right? And and he's basically Saquon's backup uh, running back. I mean, he, he, you know, he runs the ball. So, I mean, what I don't, if I were Saquon, I would take the deal is what I'm saying. Because I don't think anybody anymore is going to give out the deal that is worth more than $12 million a year. I, I completely to, agree with To a running you. back. He's, and he's got all this. This is not this is not the perfect player either. You know, there's been a lot of running backs. You know, Nick, talk about the Nick, Nick Chubb extension. That there, it's hard. You can't pick apart Nick Chubb's game. When Zeke got his extension, you couldn't pick apart his game, right? The but Nick but but Saquon Barkley was hurt, right? He's got a little bit of an injury history. He's only had one really good definitive season. So I get what he's coming from. Like, hey, this, you didn't add any other offensive pieces other than Darren Waller, who's over 30, and Jamison Crowder, right? You know, the offense kind of – you paid Daniel Jones, but the offense kind of runs through Saquon Barkley, right? And I get that. But, dude, you got to ride that momentum because you only have 16 full – you know, you have such a short resume. I don't think that that's good enough to parlay it to another team. So if it were me, I would take as much money as possible and then make the offense run through me again – because that's what it will do. Because they didn't make any, they didn't add anybody significant in this offseason. And then if you want to try to cash in, cash in. But you got to prove it first. Because I agree with you. I don't. I don't see anybody else knocking down the door. Not that he's not great. Like you said, he's a top five running back in the NFL. I'm cool with that. That's fine. But I don't see a lot of people knocking down the door to give him that kind of money. You know, Christian McCaffrey is in the same tier as him. And when he got traded and and San Francisco made their deal, a lot of people were kind of like, why'd they do that? That's, you know, he's hurt all the time. And that guy's phenomenal all the time. So that you just, there's not enough, there's not enough clean bill of health there for another team to take that giant monetary risk, in my opinion. So here's, you know, Keith brought this up. I wanted to take a, a look because this is what matters to us, right? This is the, this is Chubb's contract, um, if you can read that, okay? So yeah. he got 17.1 guaranteed at the signing of his extension. He got his 21 salary, 22 salary um, guaranteed. Uh, he got um, 2.866 of this year's salary is fully guaranteed as of, you know, what was uh, March eighteenth? Uh, he got an he gets he got an option bonus for three million last year, right? Uh, now the, the there's a out here built in after this year, right? So not even this year. Like if they were to cut him, let's see, if they were to cut him this year, they would save like what? F- uh, I don't even know if they'd save anything four million dollars, something like that. If they were to cut him next year or you know move on from him next year you're they're gonna save uh 14 million dollars if they do it at the right time uh something like that right like his cap hit would be 16.2 four of it's dead from the signing bonus um and if he you know, if he can get out, if they can get out from the underneath the roster uh, bonus uh, and the uh, option, you know, they're going to at least save $12 million next year. So this is where Chubb is. Restructuring, exactly, Keith, is the, is, is the option for Chubb to remain a Brown. But the ultimate question is this, right? And this is the question of the night I want to pose to everyone. What does he have to do in this season? 
where he's not going to... I'm telling you right now, he's not going to get as many touches as he's gotten recently, right? Um, I don't think he's going to get as many touches in the ground game. He may get more in the pass game, potentially, right? But the Browns are going to throw the football this year. They changed the offense. He's not going to get as many touches. Um, unless... Here's, here's my caveat. The way that he gets the same amount of touches and still has a massive year is if the Browns are beating people in the fourth quarter, right? If they are beating teams late in games, I feel like Chubb will still get 20, 25 carries in some games because they'll lean on him late in the game to put, you know, to ice the game, right? Uh, that's what he's beautiful at. That's what this offensive line does. They wear people down, right? But if they are in shootouts with other teams, I'm av- thinking he gets like 16 touches a game, runs and pass combined. Do you think I'm off? No, I, I think that that's the goal. What you're describing is the goal. What you're, what you're describing is what I envisioned the coaching staff talking about. Like, hey, this is our vision. But there's also the alternative route, which no one wants. If Deshaun Watson continues to suck, then the offense is going to, by default, run through Nick Chubb again. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No. I'm just saying, like, there is there is another route that, you know, Browns fans don't really want to talk about. (laughs) Right? Because if they suck again, it's going to be, okay, how do we keep the ball out of their offense's hands? Right? And that's, that, that's a great point. Uh, so my outcome where he gets X amount of carries and 1,200 yards, da 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 or is if they're winning late a lot. And the other outcome I didn't mention or even, uh, I guess it crossed my mind, but I didn't bring it up, and great call by you, is if Deshaun continues to struggle, that you could see them lean back into the running game, right? Um and he could have another big year that way. Listen, I think he's going to have a big year no matter what because he's Nick Chubb. Um, but what does he have to do for you to justify another extension? Like, nobody pays somebody this long, right? The, he is special that way. We know that. Like, I, I don't consider, like, I'm not going to ever take Nick Chubb and compare him to these other guys, right? Because he's special. He's different, right? And he's still, he hasn't lost a step. You know, he's still the same guy. Um, The problem is, uh, Fumble says, I would like to see Chubb get three receptions on screens and dump. I agree. Like, I think that they are probably targeting, like, bare minimum we got to hand it to him 12 to 14 times, and he's got to touch it through the air one to three times, like in, in a, in a uh, screen game. I think that's what they are probably thinking, or I think that's probably what fits into this offense. Now, in real, like, crazy shootouts, does it get away from Stefanski, and maybe he only gets eight or ten handoffs a game? We've seen him lose grasp of the running game before, right? So I, I, I can see that happening. Um, but it all kind of depends, to your point, on what Deshaun are we getting. Is the, is the offense that they, they're they installing working pass-wise, right? Or uh, do they really have to lean into the run game? And if it is working pass-wise, 
can he get 90 yards on eight to 10 touches because he's facing eight, seven, eight guy, man boxes because the pass game is so good and he's used to facing nine man boxes, uh, you know, his whole career, right? Um, thoughts? No, I, I agree with you. You know, in those shootout scenarios, you're right. We've already seen it, and that's what the offense that's what the offense not clicking. If the offense does click, we're, we're watching an Amari Cooper or, or just on another level. I am worried that he's going to forget the run game because that's not that's not good, right? You know, just because we're scoring points, you should even in even in a shootout scenario, you relying on your running back to slow the game down can benefit you, right? It tires the defense, gives your offense time to think, you know, you to develop a, a greater game plan. I, so I, I hope that doesn't – I hope he doesn't just fade away entirely. If he gets less than 10 touches a game, I would be disappointed because he is a, he is the dude. He is special. I feel like you're wasting him at that point. I think incorporating – that's – I envision him – being a part of the screen game, being a more part of the uh, the passing game, maybe not down the field. Obviously, that's that's not going to happen, right? He's not the Christian McCaffrey type of athlete. But you know, I, I don't have an issue with him. I, I don't. I think he's completely capable of taking a screen screen play and, and getting positive yards or a wheel route or whatever it may be. Um, but he, I would be disappointed if he got less than ten touches a game. Uh, oh, me too. But I think what you just said is my is my biggest fear here, right? Is like, at what point do they say, we can't pay him $12 million next year. We're just not going to use him enough to justify I, that. But even, I, I don't know if that, is that, is that the justification or do, do you have to think, hey, is he bringing enough of the focus, right? Because if you, let's say, let's say he does, average i don't know something insanely low let's say he averages 10 carries a game well, okay if, if they're winning games they go to the playoffs and he's still dictating you know people aren't going to have they're not leaving the box right because they are aware of nick chubb then he's probably still worth it right as long as he's he's dictating attention you know I, I said the same thing about amari cooper amari cooper i don't think he gets enough credit as a receiver because he was kind of the lone dude out there and he was still producing, and you can't tell me that the defenses weren't geared towards him in the passing game. You can't do it. He was still doing what he was doing. So to me, Amari Cooper was a top ten wide receiver, regardless of stats. I feel this. I feel like you can make the same claim with a running back if they're not moving people out of the box, or if they're you know if they're doing something a specific way that he's dictating, even if he's not getting the ball right. You know, kind of like the Daryl Rivas deal, right? He, he didn't know yeah. what threw to his side. That doesn't mean he was bad. He didn't have any interceptions. That many was good, right? So yeah, no. So that's what you, you have to figure out. Yeah, you're right. Um, there's certainly an outcome where it's all working, right? And yeah. if it's all working, then the pass game and the just the threat of Chubb in the backfield is reaping its own rewards, right? And, and that's worth paying. So at that point, then. I think they restructure the contract. I don't think they give it, you know, I don't think they they give him what he has coming, but they work some more guaranteed money in. They stretch yes. it out uh, a couple years, X, Y, Z. But I, I think that his path forward with the Browns is through a final a final year restructure in his contract, right? Um but it has to work, and it either has to work in that, A, he's getting the touches and the production, or the threat of him is being affecting the pass game, and it's all working in 
you know, in correlation with each other. Um, but if the pass game is strong enough, A, on its own, and you're not using him enough, there is an outcome, I believe, on the table where they look at it, this at the end of the year and they say it's not worth it. Yes. Don't you believe I, that, I, too? I would agree with that. It, it, this front office, one of the things I like about him is that they check every box, right? They look everywhere. So they're definitely going to explore that option. Even if he has even if he has a 2,000-yard season or if he's the NFL's leading rusher, they're going to sit down at a table. It's going to be a discussion whether we like it or not because they're going to think, okay, well, hey, we did we wear him down to the tread? You know, is Ford ready to take over? Those thought, I 100% believe it doesn't matter what kind of season he has. They're going to contemplate it. But I, I hope it. I hope that they lean towards, like you said, restructuring them, keeping them, working it out. Yeah, it's just like there's this range of outcomes for this the offense this year, right? And um, and it's just like I don't know. Kevin says uh, uh, Chubb should be here until he hits the running back wall. That's the that's the question, right? It's like the Browns are in a spot where I think that one of the range of outcomes of this is that they do let him go before he hits the running back wall. And I agree with you, Kevin. I don't want that to see that happen, right? Like, because I don't think he's there yet. He's certainly not there yet. Uh, yeah. He's certainly still in his prime. But I just think this this shift in offense could, one of the outcomes is that they just don't use the running back as much. Um, I do want to continue what well, let's do this now we'll go ahead and we'll head and uh go ahead and transition to this now along with chubb do you guys believe that or do you believe that they are going to roll with jerome ford as their second running back at this point so we kind of said i kicked the can on this decision like i think they'll wait till the end of mandatory minicamp they'll decide at that point is this our guy? Is he our two? Can we give him the Kareem Hunt type touches? Probably not as many, but, you know, touches. Um, and can he be an effective pass catcher on third downs if it's not Chubb, right? Because it's not going to be Chubb all the time. Uh, and so are you comfortable with Ford as your running back too? Oh, I'm 100% comfortable with it. You know, if if, if Chubb, okay. God forbid, went down with injury tomorrow, I'd be comfortable with Ford being my number one running back. That dude's good. When they drafted him, I thought he was a steal. I, I said that he could be a starting running back in the NFL. Is he ever going to be a Derrick Henry, like, elite type? No. But I, I, he's really good. I know he played at Cincinnati, so people automatically cross off the small schools. But, you know, Cincinnati played power five schools, and he was breaking tackles. He was still running very strong. He's he's good. He's really close to the total package at running back. I don't I don't I think that his his peak or his potential is a tier below Nick Chubb. I mean if you remember when Nick Chubb was drafted in the second round, he had some injury issues coming out of Georgia and this and that. I, you yeah. look at Jerome Ford's resume, it, it wasn't that much worse. It was worse, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like there wasn't this huge drop off. You know what I mean? Like he's a very a very very good running back i think if he if we had if we were forced to have him as the lead back i don't know if the drop off is so damning that it would destroy the season yeah like contract
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, like if Chubb if if Chubb is dinged, are you cool with running Ford out there? Do you think he's the type of back? Hey, listen, he's got to be able to do two things. He's a got to be able to come in and, and be the lead back, the bell cow, in his in you know the uh, void that Chubb leaves if he's dinged for a game or two, right? Uh, and B, he's got to be uh, somebody that can spell him. And brings a, a, a that energy like Kareem did in like twenty one, right? Uh, that yeah. energy uh, as a as a that you know it's running back by committee now, right? Like so, and it's not going to be so much with the Browns, but he has to bring a different kind of energy, and he has to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield effectively because they need to be able to use him in the pass game. Um, Keith says, Brad, no matter what. <laughs> Uh, can make a Chubb issue more difficult as if Ford plays on the same level as Chubb. Uh, that's easier said than done. Interesting. I, I don't. I never even brought that into the uh, uh, into uh, you know the realm of possibilities. Really, I just kind of uh, my concern was, hey, we didn't really get to see Jerome. We got to see him on kickoff returns. We got to see him in the preseason. Like, what is the what is the staff's belief? in Jerome Ford. And I think that what we have learned, and we will see him a lot in the preseason, as somebody referenced in the chat earlier, I think they're going to give him every chance to win this job as the running back too. I really do think he's – I think he's already got – I think that they liked him when they drafted okay. him. I think that okay. he's shown enough to be that guy. You know, I, I, I think that, that Keith is on to something too. I think that that's going to be a factor as well. If they decide to bring back Chubb, you know, I know that the Eagles dealt with a similar yeah. situation, not similar because Miles Sanders is nowhere near the player that Nick Chubb is, but a similar, well, the Vikings, sim- Alexander Madison. I mean, without Alexander yeah. Madison, they don't feel comfortable getting rid of cook. Right. So it's yeah. that type of scenario. Exactly. Yeah. That could happen. That's re- that is realistic because draw, I tell you what, that, that's a better example than my Eagles example anyways because Jerome Ford is probably a better back than Alexander Madison. Um, yeah, I, and, this, and this is kind of what I'm alluding to right here is what uh, Gagan's saying in the uh, in the chat is that the lack of movement um, says how they feel about Ford, and I feel the same thing. Uh, I, he mentions the linebacker room here, too. I'm going to get to that later, okay? I want to talk about that later. But uh, I feel like, listen, um, if they 
they may bring in a veteran back, but I don't think it's to replace. If they do, it won't be to replace Ford. I think it would be to just shore up uh, the the depth with Felton as as running back three right now. But I don't even think they're going to do that, uh, to be honest. If it were me, if I'm the Browns, I'm looking to bring in a running back. I'm calling Abram Smith. Abram Smith was all XFL. Uh, he was a late bloomer, was a very good really? player at Baylor, played running back at, at Baylor for like one season, was like a defensive back there. So this is a guy that's just learning the position. Uh, he's he's a hammer. He's quick. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. He's 24 years old. So you, that's a guy that you can sign for very, very cheap. Right, you're looking at it's a very it's very similar to the Dearness Johnson situation, right? That's what you could get with Abram Smith, where you can sign him and stash him and not worry about it, and he is good enough to play in the NFL. So that that if that were me, that's what I would do. Rather than bring in a guy, I know that a lot of Browns fans are claiming for a guy like uh, Dalvin Cook. I wouldn't do that. I would go with Abram no. Smith. I would go with the guy that's younger, has the tread that brings that is a different kind of running back. Dalvin Cook's not a different kind of running back. He's just an old. Nick Chubb, right? Yeah, um, that's interesting. Uh, you know, I'd never even thought of looking uh, as Red Leaders locked in, and we love to see it. Um, <clears throat> the um, I'd never thought of of him. Uh, my guys have always kind of been like, if you're gonna do it, JD McKissick or. Uh, you know, Justin Jackson kind of fit the profile of the kind of guys that I like. I like the way Jackson spelled Eckler out there. Um, and, and not to replace Ford, but just in place of like Felton as, hey, you want to have a, a veteran body here in case yeah. injury uh, bug strikes, you know, knock on something, right? So I, I don't think... I, I don't think they're there, though. W you would bring in him, though. You don't mind bringing in a young guy. That's who I would bring because you're not looking for – Nick Chubb's the dude. I don't. I know that Nick Chubb is the dude, and I know. And I yeah, feel but like is the, the, the question is, done. like, Felt. how do you feel about Felton as running back three? That's the question. I don't feel good about him at all. But I, I know that, that that's the spot where I would roll the dice, right? Because right. you're not you feel like I got a sure thing in Nick Chubb, and I do feel like I have a sure thing in Jerome Ford. Now it's time to roll the dice and get you a Dearness Johnson, right? And that guy was a when they signed him from the Orlando Apollos out of the uh the original XFL, that was a really pleasant surprise. They got him for dirt cheap. He played kick returner, punt returner. He was and he when he came out there, he was a splashy player. You can get us. I think Abram Smith is a very similar style of player. You can get for it won't affect your salary cap at all. He's still the XFL's been over for a month. He still doesn't have an NFL team. He's still in the XFL, right? Twenty four years old has he's played defensive back in college. That that to me, that's the route I would take. You know, a, another guy we talked about was the kid from Appalachian State who was with the Tex Titans for like two years, and they cut him. I don't know why they cut him. Um, his last name I think it was like Marcus Cox or whatever. That's another mm -hmm. guy, but that that's where I would go. Youth movement. J.D. McKissick and Justin Jackson. Those guys. J.D. McKissick's a great signing because he catches the ball well out of the backfield. The dude played wide receiver in college as well as running back, right? But he's he's yeah. been hurt. You know, he's had he just. His career's kind of been his his career is very similar to Duke Johnson, where it's like, man, every time we give you the stable, you can't handle it, and you kind of get bumped and bruised. And then Justin Jackson, 
that's a guy who has hit a wall. You can kind of see it already. But again, those guys are both good guys. But if you're talking about a third running back, why would you get the 30 year olds when you can get a 20 year old? Like, you, can do? you don't like my fucking guys, huh? Come on, man. <laughs> those guys you don't are like good my guys. guys. If you know, if, if no, I'm playing, it's cool. You can tell me how know. it is. I. I agree. I don't think Felton's the guy. The question is this: no. like Kevin makes a good point. Like, do you bring in somebody now? And I think you've kind of said that you do, right? Because you don't really feel like Felton. You got to have somebody there. But like some people would say that if you go depth chart, that uh, they're fine because uh, there's a there's a faction of Browns fans that think that John Kelly Jr. is good enough to be running back three for the Browns. I, I don't disagree with that. I think John Kelly, I think he does what he's supposed to do, right? That I guess, I guess that was what I was trying to say about the McKissick and Justin Jackson thing. You know what you're getting. There's no Pandora's box there, right? I think John Kelly's the same way. You're going to get a guy that's a number three. No better no worse, and that's perfectly fine. If we roll with him into the season, I'm not bad. I'm not bad at. It. I'm not mad at it. I'm not. You know, there's no. I'm. I'm cool with it. But I'm a guy who's always looking for Pandora's box, especially when you're talking about deep down the roster. Roll the dice. Yeah. Um. I guess my question is, like, do you do you need to do it now? Because uh, you know, for somebody somebody else that. Uh, just another point of view uh, is that um, we've had uh, people on the show that have said, listen, you can always get a running back uh, off the street at any time of the year. So if it comes down to it and Chubb really gets suffers an injury and you need to do it, you can just grab somebody off the street, bring them into that week and have them ready to be back up forward or whatever. Right. Um, I would say I would lean more towards having somebody that knows your system and has been there. That's probably better for you. Um, but I mean, that comes down to what you feel about Felton and we're all kind of like, eh, Felton, I don't really see as, as running back three. Right. So, uh, yeah. listen, he's, but he's electric, man. Like, I don't know what, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's electric. I just don't know if they can depend on him to run between the tackles if it came down to it. That when he, I don't know when they drafted him, that was one guy that I thought he could be a very solid wide receiver. He can be, I, it's hard to yeah. compare him, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like an Eric Metcalf type or whatever, you know, a very, 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 very poor man's Eric Metcalf. But that dude never ran through the tackles at UCLA. Very you know, you guys, poor Every, everybody that's on this chat has played video games before. He's that guy when you take the ball, you try to run it outside. It doesn't matter what the play is. You always try to just break it outside for the long run. That was him in real life, and that was that was at UCLA in the Pac-12. That was not – he's not a running back. He's not a running back. He, he is a wide receiver. You know, the, the guy that's in the CFL that's like that now is DeMonte Coxie, who was at Memphis and played running back and wide receiver for Memphis. That dude wasn't a running back. He was a dude that was faster than everybody that they like to get the ball. So they hand him the ball off. That guy's not a run. He's not Felton's not a running back. He is a wide receiver in a running back's body, in my opinion. Um Red Leader says here's the ball run through the hole. Uh a vet can come in midseason and get it done. Uh Stefanski, uh Gagan uh, also commenting Stefanski is 
also such a genius when it comes to outside zone schemes with a great uh, O-line will elevate lesser talented running backs. I would agree with that, that the running back, you know, the, the offensive line, if healthy here, uh, is awesome. So, um, yeah. Uh, Monique Weber, loving y'all's new logo. What? What? New logo? Hated it at first, but really loving the hidden gems. In oh, she's talking about the uh, the 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 dog, the dog. Yeah. The dog. Uh, why can't Josh try out for the Browns? That is the real question, Keith. Right there, I he, he's hey he's running back number one in our hearts. That's what I gotta say <laughs> about that. Thirty three. What, what number were you? Sixteen in college. Sixteen. It. it was the last one they had. Yeah. Sixteen on yeah. sixteen on your jersey, number one in your heart, right? <laughs> Josh Keatley. That's right. All right, real quick, I gotta run through this. Right. Uh, yeah, he does stay ready. You're absolutely right. He stays ready. All right. So listen, guys, we are going to the Fantasy Football Expo. Uh, this is on, uh, yeah, it's pretty sick, right? Uh, it's going to be in Canton. Um, so for fantasy football fanatics, join the OBR and the nation's foremost fantasy football experts at the fantasy, um, football expo 2023 in Canton, uh, from August 11th through the 13th. Uh, it's the weekend following Joe Thomas's induction into the Hall of Fame. The, the Fantasy Football Expo weekend is filled with everything you'd expect, uh, with a bunch of fantasy football enthusiasts and fans getting together for a weekend. Parties, fantasy drafts, pro football Hall of Fame, more parties, and a ton of fantasy football information from the top fantasy football minds in the country. And, oh, yeah, the OBR will be there in booth number 24 in the Expo Hall on Sunday and wandering the festivities on Saturday. Uh, interested in, in joining? Uh, get more information and tickets at the fantasyfootballexpo.com. Com. Uh, this is going to be cool, dude. This is going to be awesome, right? Like, this is in Canton. Uh, like, I know, uh, as you mentioned, we were talking beforehand, uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, they are on Blue Wire as well. I listen to them all the time. They're going to be there. Des Bryant's going to be there. Um, it's uh, There's going to be a bunch of different parties. I, you know, I don't know how the, uh, the fantasy football world likes to get down, uh, but... We'll sure find out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they can uh, if they can rage like I can or, or like I used to be able to, but uh, we'll see. We'll find out. That's for sure. But yeah, join us. The OBR will be there. We're going to be there in in full effect. We'll have uh, the booth twenty four at the Expo Hall. Come to Canton here uh, the eleventh through the thirteenth in August. It will be a blast. Uh, all of us are going to be there. Me, Jake, Mike. Um, uh, Andrew, uh, Barry, of course, uh, and um, uh, the legend uh, will be there as well. So, and and Joe gets inducted the week before, so we can you know you can go in the Hall of Fame and check out the bust and everything, right? So uh, it'll be pretty sick. And you know, like if you listen, I don't know if you know a lot of people are into the fantasy football stuff uh, as we all kind of are. Uh, some of us dabble a little more than others, but. 
you know, there are, uh, like, all your favorite hosts. If you listen to, um, you know, any fantasy football show, like, the, the top minds in the country, Roto Grinders, uh, Awesome O, all these places are going to be at this thing. Uh, so, yeah. all your favorite uh, personalities. It's going to be sick, dude. It's going to be awesome. So, we will There's be there. Favorite. Isn't there a big old flag football tournament too between the? There's a huge stuff? flag football game uh, tournament. Yeah, uh, the, on the field. So uh, yeah, so uh, on the uh, gorgeous field in Canton, uh, I drive by the um, uh, that area every day uh, as I work in Canton, and um, the uh, the uh, area there is absolutely blowing up like they have uh hotels restaurants bars everything like all right around that it's like a little uh hall of fame village and it's pretty sick and the field is beautiful as you've seen if anybody's been watching the usfl they've been playing games on it uh so it's it's pretty cool so come check us out come come uh meet us come have fun with us come party with us it'll be fun is the village finished? No, it is. Fumble it is in constant uh, flux as they are building and expanding constantly. Like it's just like you just see truck after truck going in there. I met some guy, uh, a client of mine in my other job, who's like it just in town to uh, build the uh, workout or the weight room and stuff like a workout center that. Uh, he was there to, to they're you know building it and right there in the village for people to go work out and whatever and so it I mean it's blowing up they got everything you could want in this little village area which is going to be amazing and Joe's going in this year which will be fun so the game will be down there uh, and then uh, the Browns will play the Jets uh, I think they're one and a half point favorites or dogs did you have you seen I don't know. Um, I don't know don't about preseason football, pre-season, bro. Preseason <laughs> game number four is not where you want to lay your uh, your money. I, I wouldn't say. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll see uh, anything from uh, you know Aaron Rodgers or Watson that weekend, as it will be a bunch of uh, uh, the youngsters out there. But it'll still be fun because Joe's going in the weekend before the game, the weekend before, and then the weekend after. Canton Fantasy Football Expo, it's going to be a blast. So I know I'm looking forward to seeking out some of the people that I listen to uh, and uh, and hopefully see you guys there as well. So I wanted to talk about that, and you'll be hearing more about it as we approach uh, that weekend. So tickets already sold out for the August 3rd game, says Gagan. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 you would expect that, right? Like this is going to be... Uh, massive couple weekends. The first weekend, especially with Joe going in, it's going to be one big uh, party for Browns fans. I'm sure Browns fans have gobbled up all those tickets, right? Uh, well, the so, small too, right? 20,000, 25,000? Yeah, it's not huge. It's just really well done and nicely done. Uh, oh, so, it's um, yeah. It's, yeah. I the smaller, yeah. So. Uh, will be a lot of fun. So hopefully see you there. As I said before, let me uh, bring that up where you can get the uh, tickets again. Um, you can reach out to us. You can reach out to Barry. You can reach out to me if you want. My DMs are open. But uh, fantasyfootballexpo.com uh, is if you're interested in getting involved in any of that. So it'll be a blast. Uh, but one big party. Lots of parties. Lots of uh, Lots of perusing. 
and uh, gallivanting around uh, there. So uh, the fantasy football world takes over. Let's see how they let's see how they uh, get down. See how they party. I'm interested to see. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, move on. What is OBR doing fantasy league? So, like, listen, uh, Keith, I'm, you know, I'm probably, I'm the newest member of the OBR. So, and I joined mid season last year. I don't know if they did a league last year, but I would be happy to. Uh, um, I'm going to drink so much come this season. No, yeah, I, I'm there with you, brother. I, uh, I hope for hope, hope it's for good reasons as well. We don't want it for, to be for bad reasons. Um, and listen, so uh, as far as a fantasy league goes, uh, I have held. Josh has competed in it. I have held uh, a podcast oh, versus podcast league for years. Right? I'm about done with that shit. Uh, yeah, I'm about done with that shit. I don't. It's just uh, I'm about done with it. So, OBR league. Uh, yeah, I think we should give away uh, the. Uh, <laughs> I think we should give away spots and do a league. If they didn't last year, I will certainly uh, head it up this year, Keith. Uh, I'm all for it. Spearhead that motherfucker. Yeah, yep, spirit. So I will spearhead the shit out of that mother. All right, so the um, have you seen this story? Something funny before we get back to Browns here. Have you seen this story about the bowling coach that slept with his uh, at uh, Austin? Uh, what is it? Uh, Austin F. What's that? What's that school? Stephen F. Austin, right? Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. Yeah, uh, have, yeah. Have you seen that story? I I, I was scrolling and, and saw it briefly. I didn't I didn't deep dive into it, but oh my gosh, this story! So he, was, he was railing all the girls on on his wife's team. Yeah. yeah okay. So he's, yeah, that's the that's the kicker. Uh, his wife <laughs> is the head coach uh, of the bowling team at Stephen F. Austin, which I guess is like they the this team is. Uh, like they've won a couple of national titles. I mean, this is like the you know some some big business at Stephen F. Austin, I guess. Either way, uh, so um, their bowling team was headed up by. I'm trying to get the names. Uh, come on, how does this not pop up easier? Anyways, this guy. There we go. This guy. Uh, his wife, all right, um, is the head coach of the bowling team at Stephen F. Austin. And Steve Lemke, age 38, uh, has resigned as his position as assistant coach after a an affair with one of the players on the team, on the bowling team, was exposed. Uh, here, <laughs> here... Uh, guys, is the um, quote from Stephen Lemke uh, in regards to the uh, affair that he was having with the player. Are you ready for this? Okay. Oh, I'm ready. I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's no rule saying it can't happen, said Lemke. 
There's no law saying I can't go to jail for doing something like this. There's, there's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code, like we frown upon it. But there's no rule. There's no law broken here. Uh, the, <laughs> the local newspaper uh, did not reveal the athlete's identity, um, and Amber Lemke, his wife, uh, denied uh, comment. But Steve continued on. Uh, and speculated uh, that it amplified the magnitude uh, that is now because of the national championship caliber team that they've developed. Um, I think it's more of an ethics thing when it comes down to uh, it. Uh, the college, as far as kosher coach teacher being with a student athlete, he added, both he and the bowler in question are consenting adults, the Daily Sentinel reported, meaning that their relationship would not have been illegal. Um, okay, so they said he's not working here anymore. Now he goes on to say uh, the reason that he had the affair is that for five years she got to coach the team. Here it is. I was a stay-at-home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go off and coach the team. And when she get back, uh, I'd run practices on top of taking the care of the kids. While she was back, Steve said, when they'd travel again, I would sit back and take care of the kids. Then when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run the practices, he added. I was volunteer the entire time before trying to help out Amber. Once I got hired on, the thing stemmed from uh, one thing stemmed from another. I felt like I was doing too much for her, and I wasn't being valued. Uh, so he decided to shtuck one of the players in turn. I can't believe that the bowling coach made enough money where he could be a stay-at-home husband. Uh, there's a lot of questions here. Uh, this guy, uh, is something else. So, first of all, they're called, like, the Lady Jackers or something, which is even more absurd. Uh, but, yeah, th this guy, uh, tell you what, goes off and, uh, has an affair with one of the bowling, uh, players when his wife is the head coach. And then blames it on having to watch the kids for five years uh, while she was gallivanting around the country with this national uh, caliber team. Anyways, it's quite the story uh, but with the Lemkes uh, and Stephen F. Austin. So I, I thought it was rather entertaining and, and would bring it to the forefront of this show. So enjoy that. Uh, okay. Uh, what is... <laughs> What, uh, Josh, what is the weakest um, position uh, on the Browns? I don't – do they have any glaring weaknesses? I mean, I, I – Yes, I think I they mean, do. Are you, You're going to say linebacker? Mm. I'm going to say linebacker. I'm concerned. Okay. Yep, fumble. Yep. Keith says he's a legend. <laughs> Keys, do you think Lemke's a legend? Unbelievable. I, I would. Before, before that, I think you should take a look at the uh, a photo of the Lady Jacker uh, team first before you start calling him a legend. I mean, of all the talent, of, of all the talent pools to dive into, uh, to you know, not that I advocate, you know, 
going astray from your wife or anything, but if you're going to go astray, you know, you might want to, there's better talent out there than the Lady Jacker team. I'll just say that. You're saying, you're, you're saying, I'm not a proponent for cheating on your wife, but if you're going to do it, she better be hot. But if you're going to do a, it, there's better talent than the Lady Jacking Bully team, okay? She, that's yeah, that's all I'm saying. It's got to be with Scarlett Johansson, not Rosie O'Donnell, okay? Right, Rosa, exactly, Rosa. right? Like, I mean, if you're, if you're going to do it, at least, you know, make it worth it. Uh, don't that's settle for the, uh, uh, don't settle. That's yeah. Fair. Oh, yep. I, I lost all the fumbles, right? I probably just lost all my female bowling audience. Listen, I'm not saying anything about female bowlers as as a uh, as as a that's not a broad statement about all female bowlers. There could be female bowlers that are beautiful, exquisite, sensual <laughs> women out there. But I am just saying that this team photo is not flattering and i'm just saying it's so, you know so if that's the talent that i mean that the he was dealing with yeah, yeah. Lady, i mean lady, yeah. I, I you know i'm not saying all bowlers i'm just saying that this team not great uh and you know it's got to be there's got to be better talent out there i eh, i'm not digging i'm just speaking the truth here all right i feel it i feel you i mean life choices what do we do <laughs> Steve Lemke. Keith, Keith Newwood.